0: Hello and welcome to the first Campaign Can daily global podcast. I'm Gideon Spanier, UK Editor-in-Chief of Campaign, and I'm here with three of my colleagues from our network of websites around the world. So Maisie McCabe, UK Editor of Campaign, Alison Weisbrot, Editor of Campaign US, and Robert Sawatsky, Editorial Director of Haymarket Business Media in Asia. So hi to you all, and are you excited for CAN?
1: Yeah, hello. Yes,
0: very. We're excited to be hosting this Campaign CAN daily global podcast because CANLINE is the biggest global event in the advertising calendar, and we're going to be hosting five daily podcasts running all this week with a different mix of campaign editors and journalists who are on the ground in CAN, talking each day. We are following a similar format. We're going to record each episode at the end of the day. We'll tell you about who's won all of the top Lions awards. That's the Grand Prix. We'll report all the big news of the day from the talks and sessions at the Palais. Plus, we'll tell you about the best parties and maybe a bit of juicy gossip. So for this first episode, we're actually recording it remotely just because we're all traveling to Cannes on Sunday and we wanted to prepare this episode in advance. So Maisie's here in London where it's lunchtime. Alison is in New York where it's morning and Robert is in Asia where it's evening but I will also be speaking directly to can and that's to Simon Cook the CEO of can lines and he'll be joining a little later in the episode to tell us about entry numbers which is a big barometer of the sort of health if you like of the festival and arguably of the ad industry and that is a good way to kick things off I think because you know a lot of people in advertising have heard of can lines but not everyone cares about it and plenty of people haven't gone ever to Cannes. So uh, I'll start with you, Alison. How, how does the festival work? And and I guess for everybody, why does it matter?
1: Yeah. So Can Lion is sort of a choose your own adventure of uh, advertising festivals. So the core festival is about celebrating creative work um, that's been made throughout the past year. And it takes place in the Palais, the festivals, which is sort of the hub um, and and the convention center where the main conference takes place. There's talks during the day and award ceremonies at night. Um, but there is a big sprawl of sort of satellite events um, down the beach and across the Quasette, the main the main drag, um, that, you know, you can kind of pick different parties and events you want to go to. And it's a week of meeting a lot of really interesting people and seeing a lot of inspiring work and you come away tired, but sort of invigorated.
0: Yeah. Maisie, what, why do you think can Lions matters? Why, why do we spend so much time there?
2: Well, I mean, it's actually shorter than it used to be. There was a stage at which it kind of extended to six days. Um, uh, But, yeah, they've kind of – it's now kind of slimmed down, refined format, I suppose. Um, Why do we spend so much time there? It's a real – good opportunity to meet people um, who work around the world, including our our colleagues, but also kind of contacts. So from our perspective, being based in the UK, it's often meeting people from the big tech platforms who may be based in the West Coast or people who are running the big advertising networks, which can be out of um, New York. So it's a good chance to sort of make those connections that might be useful or interesting in the future. Um, And then one of the things that's quite Fun is the random kind of bumping into people and conversations, whether that's kind of around the work or life or, you know, advertising more broadly. Um, It's, you know, a nice opportunity to kind of see people away from the kind of the normal routine um, and and potentially kind of look back at and think slightly differently about what we do most of the time.
0: Yeah. Robert, why, why travel all the way from Asia, uh, which, you know, a growing number of people from the region have been doing, and in fact, last year COVID I think prevented some people from traveling. Why does canline matter?
3: Well, I mean, much like Maisie was saying, and it you know it doesn't bode well for the you know carbon footprint, but you know, ironically, a lot of people, you know, we cover APAC, we cover a region, but we don't always run into people from Japan or, you know, China. They're not always coming. We're not either kind of in their markets or, you know, we don't always connect. So, Cannes is really the only, one of the few, you know, places we do have um, spikes, of course, where it's like, that's one kind of gathering. The other one is in in Cannes. Um, so, we meet a lot of people from around the region that we don't, you know, get to, to meet, uh, you know, a lot. But, the reason why I think can is so interesting too is just it's it's that microcosm of the state of the industry. You can you know look at a whole bunch of different measures there's the entries of course that you'll be speaking uh, about later on um, but also you can sort of look at can through the years right and kind of when you know media agencies came to the fore and they sort of took over the beaches and then the tech platforms came and they took over the beaches and then the ad tech took over the yachts and you can kind of look at how it's evolved and it really reflects the state of the industry. And so that's why I think it's kind of really, really fascinating.
0: Well, um, this year, uh, I think that since the, the Robert you're saying of the the mood and how it captures things, I know AI is going to be talked about a lot and open AI, the creators of chat GPT are going to be speaking. And then, uh, the Friday it's the 70th of edition of the festival first run in 1954, Spike Lee, the filmmaker is going to be speaking and, as I think Alison outlined, you sort of get a mix of people from business leaders and creative leaders to celebrities and Halle Berry and Eva Longoria, the cast of the comedy show Saturday Night Live. They're among the speakers um, during the course of the five days. And then sometimes in the evening you get um, sort of uh, famous bands and singers performing uh, at on these beaches. So it's generally a a, a whirl. Um the the in terms of what you're looking forward to personally uh anything in particular allison
1: i am looking forward to i think just like sort of what maisie was saying like the those like moments of serendipity where you kind of just run into people um and you have those like you can't predict right those moments that you have those great conversations that weren't pre-scheduled and you kind of just like bump into someone and the the day or the evening takes you where it will go. I think those are the best the best parts of can. I'm also excited to see um the work and sort of like just what themes come out of it. I think there's been a lot of um focus on purpose in the past couple of years and just sort of like somberness, um a somber tone to the work just because of covid and all of the tough things that the world has been going through. Um, I, I'm interested to see if that stays or if people have become like a little bit fatigued by that and want to turn it back to humor. Um, yeah. And and to see like just new interesting ways that the agencies are pushing um, the way that they think about creative and testing new formats and, and types of work. Um, I'm excited about that.
0: All right. And Maisie, I mean, since Alison mentioned work, any sort of particular work to watch? uh, I always think it's hard to predict.
2: So traditionally, the issue of Campaign UK that goes out to Cannes and is published at this time has a feature on the predictions of potential winners from the Global Chief Creative Officer of Leah Burnett. Um, So Chaka Sabani has taken over from Mark Tutsel uh, a few years ago now. And so she's written a piece for us which highlights um, some of the work that they think might do well, um, some of the ads are things that maybe the UK listeners and audience might know well, such as The Last Photo, which was a campaign that Adam and Eve DDB did for Calm and has done really well, did well at the big awards in the UK and also at d and um, and a number of other shows. There's also the Apple ad, um, The Greatest, was, which is actually kind of partially made in the UK, but has been entered as a, a US. I don't know how you... <laughs> we were like we were gonna claim that one. Uh shortlist in titanium. It's ours now. Uh <laughs> and yeah, <I> was <laughs> creative director's Alice Tong, he used to work at Channel Four. So there's definitely some UK we, we get some glory if it um if it gets quite as much as we anticipate. Um there's a few other things. There's um I guess sticking in in British work, um have us. London did an ad for vanish um which actually won the channel 4 diversity competition um and it was basically it sort of starred a a, a kind of young girl with autism it's called me my autism and i um and so that was one of checker's tips as well
0: and robert since you're in asia um any particular work that you're interested to see from anywhere in the region
3: yeah i mean it w- it's it's interesting and i'll do the same thing that maisie didn't plug uh, an article that was on you know campaign uh asia pacific um so we had um uh, kind of the lead story that was up was um, natalie lamb who's a uh, publicist uh chief creative officer for apac middle east and africa and she kind of discussed this sort of, there's this savior narrative that's out there that sometimes comes to the fore at, at Cannes when it comes to work from um, across Asia uh, in terms of many things that need to be saved. So there's solutions to mosquito problems, to child brides, gender equality, et cetera. But she's made the point that this is not just Asia. These are universal issues everywhere. And that she's looking forward to kind of getting past that and looking at more the innovation and the type of kind of, you know, solutions that, Can be you know brought out and so it's interesting because when you look at even in the titanium section we have four um apac uh nominations there on the short list and again they're they're all very different but you know again really interesting stuff some of them are you know is is straight to do with technology there's um knock knock by chael worldwide out of seoul which is sort of a solution for around um, you know, potentially solving problems in Korea. Or if there's a domestic abuse situation, you can tap on your phone a certain code without saying anything that will alert the police and give them control also of kind of a camera and that kind of thing. So it's very, um, it's, it's tech oriented, but, you know, aims to, to, to tackle kind of a, a solution. And then you have kind of more artsy, uh, uh, you know, um, nominations like The Last Performance by uh, Special Auckland out of New Zealand, um, really interesting how they tied in together with TV. Um, I, you know, I won't go into it, but it's, uh, you, you, don't see it quite often that kind of seamless integration of entertainment together in, uh, with, with the advertising that was done so well there.
0: Allison, any work you want to highlight?
1: Yeah, there's a few, um, that have come out on the shortlist that I'm excited about. Um, there's a piece of work from McCann, New York called Adlam, an alphabet to preserve culture. And um, it's sort of like this... Basically, it's with Microsoft and they preserve this African language that was only spoken. Um, and they created a typeface for it. And it sort of helps this community like preserve their culture in the 21st century. I thought that was a really interesting solution, um, especially for Microsoft. It's on brand, right? And then um, another piece of work that I like is um, by Mojo Supermarket, which is an independent agency in New York. And it's called Girls Who Code Girls. Um, So, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Girls Who Code. It's an organization in the US, sort of looking at getting more women in STEM fields. And this campaign sort of taught women how to code more diverse women into video games, which I think if anyone who's ever played a video game, you know that that's not necessarily the most common thing to see. So, I like, um, you know, work that sort of pushes the boundaries again on technology and, um, you know, again, like things that solve a real problem that aren't just sort of like purpose for winning an award's sake.
0: Great. So the the proof will be over the next days and we'll be each day reporting on the winners and we'll see how many of those we've already highlighted do well. And there's always some surprises. And uh, I think one last thing to say for now, it's, it, Canline is this very big event and we have seen last year, for example, uh, protests by Greenpeace, and we expect that there'll be always some surprises because of the amount of scrutiny on Can. Uh, it's important to say that we are actually partners of Can. We, um, the parent company Essential and Haymarket, our company run spikes in Asia. So, my last question for you is: as we look ahead, what are what are the challenges for Can? Uh, are there things that uh, I guess they're for the industry as much as for Can, Robert? you started with the carbon footprint. So it's a good point. What what do you think of uh, the challenges?
3: Yeah, I think that kind of you alluded to it. I think that the the bar is higher for if, you, if, you, if you're a brand and you want to do good, um, it's you're going to face a lot of scrutiny there. So if you're, you know, some brands are really looking forward to going and showing their sustainability initiatives, but you know, guess what? Clean creatives are there. They have, you know, they're people might be splashed with green, uh, greenwash. There are these, you know, kits that can happen, et cetera. And can very easily, these things can backfire. And similarly, I think around DEI too, we're getting a lot of scrutiny now, especially in response to that anti-woke sentiment. And we all know issues around ABMBev, right? Which is creative marketer of the year at Cannes for the second year in a row, but we know all the issues that are, are happening there. Um, with the transgender community and the issues around Dylan Mulvaney. So it's, it's, it's brands have to be really clear and really consistent. And if they're not, it's, it's, um, they're going to be challenged. And so that's kind of an, an issue for brands that want to use can as a, as a platform, I think.
0: And Alison and Maisie, any challenges you think for the festival?
1: I would piggyback on, uh, what Robert just said about, um, what's going on with the trans community in the US and the general polarized nature of the society we live in. Like brands are really trying to, you know, on the one hand, they're trying to take a stand and, and be good corporate citizens and align with a purpose because they know that it's good for business. And they know that it's some of them, I guess, care that it's the right thing to do. Um, and um, I just think like if a lot of work is awarded or brands are celebrated really heavily. And then there's a faux pas that happens, right? Like a couple months later, uh, for instance, Bud Light was named creative marketer of the year, right? And now they're dealing with all this ongoing backlash. So I guess it's just sort of like, you know, tread lightly um, and just make sure that, you know, what you're doing is actually part of your brand's actions and and dna and you're not just sort of like talking about it in in can
0: Maisie,
2: and sort of i guess a slightly adjacent point i suppose from my perspective is i think sometimes there can be a disconnect between the work that's awarded at shows and the vast majority of work that's actually um you know driving the agency's business and i think that um the more i think this is potentially like a you know a a real issue for agencies and for the kind of future sustainability of the businesses, because if they're celebrating work that isn't driving their own businesses, then they kind of, you know, they're undermining the rest of what they do. And if the rest of what they do isn't good enough to win awards, then that's problematic, you know, particularly as we look to a, a future where AI can, you know, take a lot of heavy lifting away and things. Um, so I guess I'd like to see more work winning awards that's slip, actually answering a a brand's brief, which I know sounds
1: uncontroversial, but I think is um, often rare. No, I agree. I also would add, I think just for the companies going to can themselves, like especially the tech firms, there's been a ton of layoffs. It's been tough times for people. So just showing up in a way that's not too ostentatious while also being like, we're here and we're excited about it is going to be a tricky balance to strike.
0: Well, the good news is is that we've got lots of campaign journalists and editors from all around the world in Can, and we'll be using the daily podcast to report on all ostentatiousness. We'll have our eyes peeled. So, I just want to say thanks to Maisie, Robert, and Alison. Thanks for joining me and be talking to you again on the podcast all, all this week. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And uh, now let's talk to Simon Cook, the CEO of Canline. <laughs> So Simon, tell us about entry numbers and I mean, uh, I can give the headline that we know 26,992 entries, so almost 27,000. And that's an increase of 6% from last year. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about what, what the entries have shown.
4: Hi, Gideon, good to be with you. Um, well, it's very encouraging to see And overall, I'd say the main message is that we've seen a really strong engagement this year from the brands who are up 18% year on year. And the broader point is that we're seeing a demonstration of investment in creativity outside of non-traditional channels. So as an example, we introduced the Entertainment line for gaming this year, which has performed very well. And then things like brand experience and activation is up 16%. And that reflects many brands renewed focused on enhancing the customer experience and multi-touchpoint branding. And then I think proving that creativity can come from anywhere. The creative business transformation lines has seen a whopping increase of 59%. So some really interesting shifts that we're noticing as well as a positive result overall okay and when we
0: think about the entries up you no know, it's a it's definitely stronger than twenty twenty two um twenty 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 one was a merged year because of the pandemic a sort of double year uh it's it is down a bit on 2019 still uh when I think you had about thirty one thousand um anything to say about the sort of overall mix i mean I realize
4: you're pleased that it's
0: up now and it's still quite tough economic times.
4: Well, yeah, I think, as you said, uh, 2021 was still during the pandemic, Um, a bit of an outlier for us because it was two years combined. But I think as we start to return to a sense of normality, good to see that things are bouncing back in a really positive way.
0: And whilst you had good growth in a lot of categories, anything which is a bit more of a challenge just maybe changing media habits
4: i think no surprises but we have seen a continued decline on on things like uh, print and publishing um, which is to be expected but i think the real surprise story and this is a a lion that we've seen in decline for a few years now which is outdoor which has seen a dramatic rise back to growth which is very encouraging great and we get that
0: uh, those lions on monday night uh, the outdoor winners can is a global festival what about the sort of entry numbers from different markets any that stand out
4: yeah i think this year we've seen strong performance across north america and canada in particular which has gone up by 48 percent um and then also a huge investment in creativity from the middle east with uae leading the charge and also some interesting growth across Central and South America. So Mexico, Colombia, and of course, Brazil leading the way. And Asia
0: was quite disrupted last year. or well, at least um, China, I think, was with COVID. Any trends
4: with Asia? I think with Asia, um, on the delegate side, for obvious reasons, a lot of our Asian delegation couldn't attend. Um, and nice to see a bounce back there. We're expecting to see a much higher attendance from our Asian delegates. On the award side, on the entry side, pretty consistent with last year. So anticipating that as a growth area in the future. Uh, quick word on the UK entries. UK is looking pretty positive. Yeah, pretty flat year on year. Um, but as always, looking forward to seeing the turnout and what comes through in the work. OK, so the festival is kicking off. Uh, Do you want to give us three big
0: themes for this year?
4: Yeah, sure. I think there'll be a lot of talk around creative effectiveness or more specifically creative impact. And that's because we have more and more brands attending the festival um, because they have to make the case for creativity over and over again. And our creative impact track that we are featuring across the festival this year will help provide some of the, the tools and the practices needed to make that kind of creative effectiveness inevitable within their organizations. Um, I think talent is still going to be a big focus year on year, but with more of an angle around uh, a focus on inclusion, you know, so rather than focus on the talent wars that we've seen in recent years between agencies and agency networks, really starting to think about how we bring in new talent, and especially from underrepresented communities, rather than looking side to side and perhaps poaching horizontally. And I think, lastly, we'll see um, uh, the evolving role of creativity, and also how that's potentially being disrupted by new technologies like AI. And we expect to see a lot of commentary across the stages on AI this week.
0: Great. Now, we've said on this podcast with the, the campaign journalists, we've, we've, we've recorded it remotely just because we are travelling into Cannes on the Sunday, but you are already there. You've been there the whole of the week before, so from the like the twelfth um, of june so just describe very briefly what what's what's it like physically and i'm thinking of the palais by the harbour and all the, the beaches and and then what you've been doing for this last week to get it ready
4: Yeah, of course. Um, Well, as you say, we we arrive much earlier than our delegates because it's a a very large production. Um, So within the Palais itself, uh, there will be a huge focus on the work and also the future. Lots of speakers talking about what we can expect coming down the tracks and then outside and down the quasette. Uh, lots of very interesting activations being put on, and also some dedicated beaches for the likes of the Can Can Diversity Collective, otherwise known as Inkwell Beach. We're seeing Amazon Port return for its second year. Uh, Spotify House will be back again and also Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Microsoft, among many others, will be turning up this year in a thoughtful way to uh, to network and to meet with the global community who will be attending. And Simon, there's
0: you mentioned a lot of companies, but there's also some agencies there. Uh, we know WPP and Dentsu have had beaches before, but now Omnicom have Omnicom Cove. Um, you've got the Stagwell Sport Beach. So everyone wants a bit of beach.
4: It would seem so. As you said, yes, Omnicom coming back with Omnicom Cove this year. WPP repeating their presence and building out their beach. So you're looking forward to seeing the the mix of players along the Quasette this year.
0: Yeah, well, um, thanks so much for joining us. And I I think, Simon, your view is don't overfill your diary and and
4: try and enjoy it. I think so. And look, I think don't overfill it. Leave some room for some serendipity because you never know what that chance meeting will lead into. And go and see the work. That's the reason we invented this festival and awards 70 years ago. So, Simon, I hope it's a good week and we'll be back with the podcast every
0: day this week. Thanks for joining us.
4: Thanks very much.
0: So thank you for listening to this first edition of the Campaign Can Global Daily Podcast. If you'd like to read more about Can Lions, please visit our websites. So campaignlive.co.uk, campaignlive.com, campaignasia.com. Likewise, if you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. This episode has been produced by Hannah Holt from Haymarket Business Media and Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join us tomorrow. On behalf of the campaign teams all around the world, goodbye.